podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hi everyone, it's Craig here. It's probably not a good look to apologise when you've not even heard the first episode yet, but during editing I did notice there was a slight issue with my mic uh, as we were putting this together. So I want to apologise for that, however it's still perfectly listenable, so don't worry about that. You can still hear what Jade had to say, he sounds fantastic by the way. So enjoy the show and keep subscribing to the Galbraith Report. Here's episode one. Welcome to the Galbraith Report. This is our first full episode and with me, my co-host, former ice hockey player himself, Jade Galbraith. Jade, I don't know about you, I'm really excited for this. Absolutely. Um, the amount of people that have, um, you know, gave me support, um, sent me messages, all that kind of good stuff. So let's uh, let's give them what they want. Let's Let's have some fun. You know, let's talk about hockey. Let's talk about life. Let's talk about everything and, and uh, have some fun doing it. Yeah, and you were saying as well, there's lots of people that you've not heard from in a, in a little while have reached out to you when, when we started putting this out across social media. That, that's really cool. Yes, it's it's awesome, especially the UK guys. Uh, Danny Myers, I, I'm trying to get in touch with him. Uh, Clark uh, liked it, so I'm sure, and I even got a message from Simsy. So we definitely got to get him on for an episode. I want to grind his gears about Sheffield. Um, he's a diehard Sheffield fan, so we, we want to bust bust him up a bit uh, about. Uh, I was watching the table of the Elite League, and, and they're right there. They're they're in the mix. So I just hope they don't melt like Sheffield Sheffield usually does. So I know the fans will be pissed off for me saying that, but um, <laughs> you know, I'm just giving da- um, um, I'm just giving Simsy a hard time there. So yeah. uh, don't take it personal. I don't know if we'll mention that they, they, this is the Thursday that they lost to Fife last night. I don't know if we should mention that, but okay. Oh, they did? Oh, I didn't see. I didn't watch last night. I, didn't, didn't, I was looking on, on the weekend, but um, uh-oh, he's going to be pissed now. So definitely <laughs> something uh, that we could talk about if he wants to, to, to send in a question, if he's listening at any time right now, um, or if, he, if he's seen the tweets. Um, uh, we're, we're doing questions right now. So um, again, if any of the... The non-Sheffield fans want to want to ask a question. I can kind of get on the bandwagon of of, of um, grinding him down a bit. Absolutely, mm-hmm. and of course, as you join us, it's the day after your fortieth birthday. Jade. Have you noticed anything different now that you're in your forties? Are you going to the toilet more? Are you wearing slippers more? Are you are you forgetting things? Uh, <laughs> well, I noticed this the other day. Is I'm peeing like Morse code. So whenever I pee, I got to push so much harder now. I pee, then I stop, pee, then I stop. So I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. But yeah, it's pretty, pretty funny. But no, um, uh, I'd like to say every, everybody, all my, uh, my younger kids, um, I coach uh, some U16 kids um, in Calgary. So uh, a lot of them sent out and they, they said that they were listening. They want to listen to everything. So I just want to say a shout out to all my, my kids that I'm training right now and the kids that I coached before. So, um, hi guys. Um, appreciate all the, all the goodwill. Um, yeah. So, uh, they've been all doing wishing me uh, birthday wishes, all my family, friends. So thank you for that, everybody. Um, I do feel different, uh, but I still have my hair. So that's one oh, thing. Yeah. You're, you're holding on to yours a little bit too much there. So, uh, I'm, um, yeah, that's the one good thing about turning 40 is I know it's going to be gone. Like I can see the torpedo tubes coming in right now. So I know it's going to leave, but let's hope another 10 years, but that's being really, um, that's not being realistic, but my wife still thinks I'm a halfway decent, good looking guy. So that's the main thing. I don't care if I lose my hair and she still stays with me. That's, that's a positive. Yeah, she thinks you're a good-looking guy. She thinks I've got a mesmerizing accent. I'll yes, she does. It's funny. She said she could listen to it, you know, without even looking at you and find you find you attractive. So I said, "Hey, do you, you look at him first. <laughs> I'm not saying you're not a good-looking guy at all, but you know, don't <laughs> just put on the accent because um, I, going from Canada, all the girls say they love the Canadian 
Canadian accent over there, German in Germany as well. And then they get a look at you and then they're like, oh, okay, it's not that cute anymore. So in both ways. So well, anyway, let's get started. We did a short introductory episode earlier in the week, just explaining who we are. I'm from the west of Scotland, Jade's uh, in Calgary, literally an ocean between us, but hockey is a, very much a global sport. We're going to touch on the NHL. We've been making some notes, haven't we, Jade, just uh, getting the, the big Absolutely. talking points from the week, and we'll, we'll, get yeah, to, well, we'll get to those in due course, yeah. Yeah, well, what we, we kind of want to talk about is, is seeing as I'm from Alberta, um, I watch the Flames and the Oilers a lot. Um, I, I want to talk about talk about that uh so that is going to be a segment probably that we're going to do uh also we we just talked about doing maybe a junior team or 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 um you know a triple a uh team like like the kids that i work with kind of thing um just to let you know fans everywhere know that um you know you don't just breed and you become a professional hockey player like you have to have to start somewhere you know you have to get groomed and you have to have coaches you have to have all that stuff to for, for these kids to become you know, uh, to, to live their dreams. So I think we might be doing, you know, a junior team here or there, Western Hockey League, AJHL, something like that, just to, you know, to, to let all the fans know that that aren't from, from Canada, that, um, you know, you, you get groomed, you get picked, you get, uh, there's drafts, there's all that stuff, you sign. It's like a pro, um, it's a pro system, you know, when you're fit, when you turn 15 years old. So, um, these men have to, or these these young men have to grow up really, really quick. Um, so it's not, you know, just you know, you get drafted, you play. It's not like that. There's a lot of grooming. The parents have to be involved. It's it's tough, tougher than people think. Just like in in football in in um, England, Scotland, Wales, uh, Ireland, you know, they don't just start becoming pros. They start at a young age where they get looked at, and you know, they get on those um, academy teams. I think they are um, credit. And, you know, they get groomed. So it's the exact same thing. It's just, you know, uh, I think football is a little bit bigger scale than, than hockey. It's a worldwide phenomenon. You know, the World Cup is the most watched sporting event. It trumps it by, it's not even close. So, um, you know, just to give those people that it's, it's the same in hockey, you know, you got to be groomed, you got to be taught, you got to, you know, go through your bu- uh, bumps and bruises. So I think we're going to, we're going to do that as well. You know, we're winging it. I don't know anything about this stuff. I just learned what a podcast was a couple weeks ago. So <laughs> that's the funny thing. Like I'm, I'm the most, um, the stupidest guy when it comes to um, technology. I freaking hate it. Uh, my wife made me get a new phone. I had the first iPhone. And it had cracks and everything. And my wife's like, how can you even see that? And I'm, I'm like, well, I like it. It's like my hockey equipment. I keep my hockey equipment my whole life or until my buddies take it out of my garage or, or um, <laughs> you know, use it for their own own shit. But that's neither here nor there. Yeah. But anyway, um, let's get back to where we're starting. So yeah. uh, being from Alberta, Calgary, the floor, Oilers and the Flames. So um, if anybody knows me, um, I'm an Oilers, not hater, but – that team, man, has oh the problems that that team has is, is is so simple to figure out that I wonder why with all the knowledge they have with the management and all that stuff that they can't figure it out. You have two players that are arguably the top in the top five best players in the league, right? That score two goals a game essentially, and you have a defense core that has maybe one defenseman that would be on a top four in any other, uh, on any other team. So I want to go over just uh, about why the Oilers are doing what they do from my perspective, right? Um, you could think that I'm an idiot and I don't know anything about hockey. Um, you would be the idiot in that, in, in that scenario. But um, nice. uh, like I tell everybody, <laughs> uh, you need defense and goaltending to win hockey games. I don't care how good your forwards are. Everybody says, well, the Oilers in the 80s, you know, they, they scored goals. But do you see the goaltender that they had? They had Grant Fear, was one of the best goalies of all time. The guy, uh, like he always said, would, would let in three or four. But to let in three and four in, in the 80s was the best goalies on the planet. You put a goalie with a run-and-gun style back then. I don't care about the technology that we have now. He still lets in three or four goals. I'm telling you right now, with the breakaways, the odd man rushes, all that stuff. So I know this is going to hurt a lot of people's feelings that are Oilers fans. My cousin is one of them, Lennon Roach. He's probably listening right now. He's the biggest Oilers fan in the world, and he still thinks they're the greatest team. And I keep telling him, they have the worst defense in hockey. Now, and I'm not 
um, busting on the defense. I'm just saying the the way that they are they are built is you need stay-at-home defensemen. You don't need your friggin' defense to score goals. You don't when you have that kind of firepower up front. So what I'm what I'm telling all the fans out there is if you McDavid and Drysaddle might be might leave soon if if they don't get if the management doesn't trade or trade first rounders or try to sign guys for outrageous amounts of money it doesn't matter they need defense um, their goaltending Mike Smith you know when in his prime when he was in in um, in Arizona man was he unbelievable if he had the team now I, I think they could actually do some damage but you know like anybody you get old you know your speed gets a little bit slower you know and and the thing is is that their defense like okay I, I I'm gonna get a, a lot of people getting pissed off at me about this Darnell Nurse is not a number one defenseman I'm sorry to say he's not he is a good defenseman what was that what are you beeping no you beeping idea. already hold on Wow, we're getting stopped already. First episode. Right. right. The, the good news is, I think that was, I think it was nothing. Oh, <laughs> if I happen well, to get a little panic, we're, we're back recording. Sorry about that, folks. Sorry about that. Jude was on a tidy. I didn't do that deliberately to stop him from talking. Um, <laughs> well, I thought, I thought it just didn't want us on the internet and just said, <laughs> uh, let's get. I was, going to, I was going to jump in with a, a couple of things about the Oilers. I've got their, their results here. They, they seem to be a bit inconsistent. They had that run of five games, they won five in a row. But you know, three. I mean, they beat Philadelphia three 0 What what do we read into that? They they are the most inconsistent team in the NHL. Uh, every time uh, this is funny. I'm a degenerate gambler. I, I love gambling on games. Anything. I, I gambled on uh, ping pong in the Olympics, like that, like stuff like that. Like I love gambling. So um, when it, let's just say this: whenever I bet on the Oilers, I bet the over. So I bet that there's going to be more than five or six goals every time they play. Now, with that being said, the Oilers aren't always the ones that score five or six. They give up five or six all the time. And I'm all for run and gun. You know me, Craig. When I played, I very seldom went into the defensive zone. Um, That's one of my my things. that I've been looking at game tape of myself when I played. And holy shit, if I played on my own team, I would – lose my mind talking with Corey Nielsen. We, we had a chuckle about this the other day, just to get off topic for a second. We uh, should explain Corey was Jade's coach at Nottingham Panthers. Oh yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. So Corey Nielsen, um, um, we played together in the minors in, in the States. Uh, Corey was a third rounder at Edmonton just uh, for context. Awesome. Awesome man. Um, even with my bullshit, he's always been beside me um, no matter what I needed. So, um, Corey, if you're listening, love you, buddy. Uh, it's not a bad story to talk about right now. Actually, I'm giving you props. So, <laughs> when I play, let's just say this to all the fans out there and people that don't like me. The people that don't like me will say this right off the bat. I never played defense. Never, never, never. And that was the knock on me. So, I, I can totally see now when I watch the Edmonton Oilers play um, – Dry sight on McDavid. Why would you want them playing defense? You don't need them playing defense. They're there to put points on the board. You're paying $13 million a year to these guys to, to, to put the puck in the net. Now, on the other hand, when you have your second and third lines trying to do the exact same thing, that's a recipe for disaster. If I was a GM on that team, I get McDavid, Dry Settle, they play on a line. I bring somebody else in that can can put the puck in the net. I don't care who it is, maybe even a Hoffman. And I just set them on there and they go out and they get their three frigging goals a game. Now Hoffman plays for Montreal right now, but he's a pure goal scorer. He doesn't play defense either, but you don't need to play defense when you're playing with those two guys, because the guys that those guys play against McDavid dry they're playing against the fourth line, the checkers, right? So that line's never going to score against them. Okay. On the other hand, um, so we got their second, we're in their second and third lines. Um, and they don't play any defense either. They have one 200-foot player, and that's Derek Ryan, who I love watching him play. Love watching him play. But if he's the only guy you have that's playing 200 feet and you have the defense that are not known to play yet, like Bouchard, great offensive talent. I know that they could get somebody for Bouchard, maybe package him with the first round or somewhere. That guy can put up points. But he can't play D, and they don't need a defenseman to score. So, anyway, back to what Corey was saying. I was the worst defensive player in the league. Never cared, never – but I wasn't paid to play defense. I was paid to score goals, which which I did, put points up. 
So these two are, are, are paid. Drysaddle McDavid are paid to put the puck in the net. So they're plus minus. I don't give a shit. I really don't care. Um, they, uh, another status, they were the only two guys in the top three of scoring ever to be minuses. So right there, it just says that they don't play good defense. Just the way it is. But if you're putting three points up combined, maybe four a game, you don't need to. You should, if they score four goals, three goals, if you put all your money, all your your resources, trade, it doesn't matter if any of your other line scores. It really doesn't friggin' matter because with their power play, they're going to get the points. They got to put 5D, like a Carl Alsner, uh, uh Schultz, Ian Schultz, uh, I'll be talking with him about a uh, guy I played with, one of, my, one of my best friends, love that guy to death. His brother won a Stanley Cup, but his brother also played with, um, what's his name? Um, damn it, from the Washington Capitals. <laughs> Shit, that's going to bother me. But everybody knows. Anyway, he was a plus 57, and the guy had, what, one goal? One goal in the season, or two goals, or five goals, whatever like that. But he was a plus 50-something. Those are the guys you need that stop goals. You need big bodies. Now, I'm, I'm not going to go into the Flames right now, but the Flames picked up Kabranskin. They got Zadorov. They got all those guys who are six foot five, six foot six. They're not there to score goals. They're there to stop them. So the Oilers, when anybody says, oh, you know, they're a good team. They just haven't found their thing. No, I'm sorry to say it's not. They're a bad team right now. They need defense because if they don't stop scoring goals, they're toast. Mike Smith. Great goalie, Koskinen, definitely not a number one goalie. He's a great backup, but definitely not a number one goalie. And he's not a goalie that can stop 40 shots, grade A shots in the house. He's not a goalie like that. Now, I, I saw Fleury might be on the on the, um, on the trading, the, the block. Now, he's an acrobatic goalie. He's the kind of goalie that loves track meets, up and down, speed, 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 a lot of chances. I could be something that they might might look at. But again, they need a lot more than a frigging goalie. So with that being said, oh, uh, one thing that we were talking about before that I, that I looked up. When I played uh, in Germany in, in Duisburg, funny thing is I was looking down the, the, the lineup and looking at who I played with, any of those guys playing, you know, world championships or anything like that. So I looked at the coaching, and Leon Dreisaitl's dad was the coach on my Duisburg team, which is pretty funny. Uh, I don't remember Leon at all. I know uh, there were some kids of the, of the coaches and stuff like that, but just a funny tidbit that, you know, the hockey world's a small world. And, and just that I'm in Duisburg in this, this, this little city in Germany and one of the best players ever to play out of Germany is dad's coaching. So it was pretty. Uh, funny yeah. Peter Dreisaitl, um, as you say. Coach Peter Dreisaitl, yeah, we were talking about before. Um, I know he played in the DEL for, for years or whatever, but just, just the funny, funny thing that, um, you know, something that I have that uh, I can, you know, tell people on a podcast about. Cool. Just a little, little comings and goings. Right, we'll take but, a yeah. short break there. We'll get into yeah. the next part of who we're going to talk about. That's the first part. Hopefully I'll get some uh, some more questions in as well. Absolutely, buddy. Yep. <laughs> flames, are, flames are next, and that's a little flames bit of a story. Awesome, we'll buddy. Right, we'll be right back after this short break. Welcome back to the Galbraith Report. Ready for part two? Absolutely, buddy. We're we're on a roll here, so I hope hope the Edmonton fans aren't too pissed off at me. Yeah, um, that's it. You've you've pissed yeah. off Edmonton, so that's a great oh, start. They, so they, let's. The good, thing, the good thing about the Oilers fans is they're not front runners. They've been through the good, the bad, everything. They are they are as good as it gets. They're loyal, um, and there's a lot more of them in Alberta than there are Flames fans. So that's uh, something that the Flames are definitely turning the corner, man. I. I am uh, just going right into it. I am friggin' like very like shocked okay. how the flames are so doing. Let me, so let me ask shocked. the question. Let me ask you the question you wrote in your notes. Why are they so good? They, you know what? A lot of things, you know, everybody can attribute it to coaching, um, which is a huge thing. Soderman, like that guy, no nonsense. There was a couple partiers on the Flames. I know firsthand Goudreau and, and Monaghan, they love to party. And, you know, rightfully so. I'm never going to shy away from saying you make it to the, the, the pinnacle of your sport and you don't enjoy it, come on. Uh, I'll say that right now. I know there's time and a place to enjoy it, but come on. These kids have earned it. Um, maybe not day before games. <laughs> I don't, I'm not saying they do that. I was a little bit different. I party to game mornings. I'd go out for five beers 
before a game, like stuff, stupid shit like that that you should. You're a change do. man now, Jade. You're a change yeah. man. You keep telling yeah. me. I couldn't do. I, I tell you right now. <laughs> I tell my wife all the time. There's no way in the world I could do that now. Um, again, I was. Uh, well, we'll get into a lot of stories about me, but let's talk about the place. Now, coaching number one. Coaching is something that a good coach will will, will change the, the dynamic of the team. They'll change how pe- players play, and they always good coaches find ways to motivate. I find when I'm coaching my my kids, motivation is the only form of coaching you need. If you don't know anything about a sport, but you, you can motivate your players to get up and play hard, and you know learn the system and do what uh, and have the the trust that you need between each other. You can do anything, man. You can do anything. And and Sutter, uh, his resume speaks for itself, but he's no nonsense. He's not going to lie to you. You know, he's going to tell you the truth. If you're not playing fucking well, he's going to fucking tell you right off the bat, hmm. right? And and the, the way the Flames were the last few seasons were there was no identity. You know, some days they'd be unreal, no consistency. But again, they were not hard to play against. Now, you watch the trades they made. A lot of guys Sutter's bring, brought in um, from his days in L.A. You know, Toffoli was there. Um, they got Lewis, although Lewis, uh, he might be at the end of his rope, but he, he does his job. You know, he does his job every night. He works hard. Lucic, he's rejuvenated under, under Sutter. That guy, man, is a is, – is a, people don't realize. They're like, well, they pay him $7 million. They paid him this. They paid him that. That guy, when he's on and when he's doing his job, there's nobody better. That guy can change a game. Nobody touches your players because that guy will beat the shit out of you. He battles hard. You know, he's not a pure goal scorer, but you're putting him in the positions with the players that he's playing with, and he's coming out of his out of his shell right now. And, and it's all to do with the motivation. Now, everybody's like, well, Johnny Gaudreau's playing better. You know, Monaghan's still, you know, he's lying in the weeds right now, which um, – you know, he's a hell of a player. Um, I still don't know what's what's keeping him. Maybe just little things. Maybe he's not getting along with Sutter. I don't know. But I'll tell you right now, Johnny Gaudreau, he's having a hell of a year. Now, people ask me, why is he having a great year? Well, the first thing is, if you know hockey, any player that's on the contract year has an unbelievable season. Every single one. So if you're saying that it's Sutter, it probably is a lot to do with Sutter, but Johnny wants to get paid just like anybody else. So if he has another 50-point season and shits the bed, he's not signing a $9 million contract. But he has 110 points like he's doing now. Um, Yeah, you all right? I was just going to jump in. Sorry. I was going to let you finish, then I was going to jump in. I was just just looking at the the form. Um, I've got the results here. That one blip, the 7-1 loss against Vancouver, yeah. 12 wins in the last 13, and and coming up this week, they're playing Colorado. Yeah. Wow. That, that, that's an that's unbelievable. Gonna that's going to be huge. This, yes. Now, going with the Flames, uh, just to go off topic, our Colorado Avalanche are, are a team. I'll tell you right now, that team um, – should have won a Stanley Cup in the last couple of years. Uh, they're a young, young team. They're coming of age, just like Crosby. You know, Mc, McKinnon is is coming in. He's becoming the, the leader that, that they need him to be. But I think coaching with Colorado, just to get off topic for a second, coaching is something that they, they need. You know, I don't know if they need a player coach or a hard ass, but I, I always, uh, the last few playoffs, I've noticed that they've been outcoached. You know, whether whether it's motivation, whether systems, whether – you know, just little things. I think they need to, to go a different way on that. And I'm not saying uh, Bender's not a good coach at all. I just don't know if he's he's for them, you know. And, and uh, you know, I'm going to say stuff that pisses a lot of people off, even if, if you know, Bender's never going to listen to this. But even if he did, it's, it's nothing to do with that. It's just the situation, right? <laughs> Some coaches thrive on certain situations. Some don't. Tortorella. Like if everybody, anybody that's listening knows, uh, I don't know about the, the UK followers, but look up Tortorella, look it up his interviews. He's got interviews like me. He tells you the bullshit right off the bat. He's no nonsense. Um, and, 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 you know, that fits on certain teams. He won the Stanley Cup with uh, Tampa Bay back in the day. Um, you know, so he knows how, how to get there. You know, his, his, um, his um, how he does it might be a little unorthodox nowadays because nowadays more coaches are, our player, you know, hey, you're my buddy, we're, we're, we're buddies, blah, blah, blah. 
and and it's it it with the the way the the kids are coming up they they are prima donnas there's a lot of kids that um you know need to be coddled and hey either it doesn't matter with me as long as you can get motivated you can motivate your players it doesn't matter how you do it some need a, need the stick some need the carrot so going back with uh, Colorado um playing Calgary that's going to be a huge test because I'll tell you right now they uh, for for a guy that played hockey standings matter when you look at a team that's number one and you're number one you know you have a, everybody every uh, let me tell you something every person that plays professional sport has an ego if you don't think they do you're you're fucking delusional mm-hmm. because every guy wants to say they're the best every guy wants to say oh fuck well i played against we played against colorado we kicked their ass or colorado said oh we played the flames say they, they're not as good as they they their record shows all that kind of nonsense so that's going to be a hell of a battle you 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 circle those dates on your calendar so um like you said flames are rolling they're rolling right now but they don't want to have a blurp and have it in the back of their minds that hey we're not as good as we think we are we played Colorado, they gave us a beating. Or Colorado said, we played against the Flames, they gave us a beating. So um, that being said, um, now where another was I? You, sorry, Jude, another one for you. I'm just looking here, the, the Flames bringing in the former Ducks general manager, Bob Murray, and as a scout, he's going to work on, on the West Coast. What do you make of that? Wow, I, I didn't even notice that. Um, I've been looking at the Flames. I, I, I go up and down. I mostly just look at the, the stats and, and, and not the not the – uh, management side of it, yeah. But um, living, but he, he knows. He's a guy who knows his stuff. Oh, hundred percent. Like true living, people, people, a lot of people love him or hate him. He, he doesn't know hockey that much, but he knows the business side of it, and he's surrounding himself with great hockey minds. Craig Conroy, when I was playing in Europe, um, um, Jared Allen used to put an ice on, and Craig Conroy was always there. Glenn Cross, uh, another guy. Um, and a lot of the flames, flames would skate at that skate. And Conroy is one of the best human beings you'll ever meet in your whole life. Uh, unbelievable. Oh, like he didn't even know me uh, at all, right? Even in the, the, the stuff I was doing in Europe, he had no idea, but he treated me with the most respect. He, he, you know, just one of those guys that you, you meet for the first time and you think you've known him forever. And um, to surround himself and have him as an assistant GM um, and now bringing in Murray, you know, that, that just shows that they aren't satisfied with the season they're having right now. And, hey, I know people are like, oh, my God, you're just the biggest Flames fan in the world. And to tell you the truth, my buddy Kurt Elksney will, will tell you, I'm not a Flames fan. I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of talent, and I live in Calgary, and I want to see them do well. So um, right off the bat, Kurt's going to be like, oh, you're a Flames fan. No, I'm not. I'm not a Flames fan. I, I'm a talent fan. And what they've been doing makes me, makes me be a fan. Um, so right off the bat flames, they got everything. They've got everything. Um, and they're rolling at the right time. Now talk to me in a month or two coming up and then we can go over the flames again, being, being a Stanley cup contender, but they have everything they can score. They got a good power play. They have, it's friggin' fucking hard to play against those guys. They have big, big bodies and they have the best goalie in the league. And that doesn't hurt. Markstrom, man, he, he when he first got to Calgary, I was kind of skeptical, but you surround, uh, they've surrounded uh, him with with fucking great assets, and they're not ones that are costing a lot. They're under the cap. Um, these guys are, are are journeymen, guys that have played in different teams. Branson, man, he's been everywhere. But you get a guy like that, and you get him in a system that works, and the sky's the limit. He's having a hell of a season. He's having fun. You know, Zadorov. Fuck man, the, the guy's coming out of his own. He used to be be a pylon out there. Guys would skate around him like nothing, and now he's got a little bit of confidence. He's playing tough. Um, Russians, I'll tell you right now, everybody thinks that they're soft. Fuck that man, they're they're tough sons of bitches, and and they can uh, you know dish it out as much as they can take it. And and they're seeing that with Zadorov, man. He, he those two, I, I look at the D, and man, like people were talking about Giordano coming back and. Um, stuff like that. I know it's a dream and it probably won't happen, but man, you throw a leader like that back in the fold um, to solidify that D and, and they're going far in the playoffs. Um, that uh, Sutter's got that team rolling right now, humming. So um, I, I'm just excited about, about watching them. And it, it's not because I like them or not. It's just because the I'm a fan of talent and, and they're doing the right things. They're playing the right way. And they're having fun. Like, you just watch them, man. They're just rolling right now. And everything, no matter what 
bump they hit, it's just like, oh, fuck, who cares? We're going to get over this. Like, it's a, it's a confident team. And I'll tell you firsthand, if you are unsure about yourselves in a dressing room, I don't care how good you are, it doesn't pan out. And Sutter's got them fucking humming. So, um, with that being said, come, we're going to talk about the Flames and the Oilers all the time. And um, the, the thing about the Flames are, are they, they're, they're a team to beat right now. Um, if they keep this up, add a guy at the trade deadline, man, sky's the limit. But again, they'll be playing Colorado at some point, probably if, if Colorado can get over that hump. But man, I'm excited, excited for this playoff run. Welcome back to the Galbraith Report. This is part three, and uh, Jade is here getting warmed up again for the next uh, half of the show. Plenty to get through, and uh, Bruins are next on your list, aren't they? Uh, the Bruins, yes. So, hold on, hold on. Oh, he's back. There we go. Jade was just sorting his oh. dog there. <laughs> yeah, he's a pain in the ass. For anybody that doesn't know him, my dog's name is Walter, and um, I'm going to be posting some videos of him. He's, he's as stupid as I am, so um, he does some funny stuff. So uh, for the people that love dogs and stuff, which everybody likes animals, um, be good to just take a look if you want to want a quick little laugh. So, uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, back to the Bruins. Yeah. Uh, Started off. Yeah. So the team right now, um, I was going to talk about Tuka Rask. We'll get to that in due course. But what's your overall thought on the Bruins this season, given they've had one of those seasons, it's been up and down, I think it's fair to say. You've seen great results like the one they got against LA Kings the other night, and then they can go and absolutely blow a tyre somewhere else and just have a really poor night. What, what do you make of them? Yeah, they're they're inconsistent too. Um, definitely the amount of talent on that team um, all the way down the lineup um, is the reason why you see them in the playoffs every single season. And they, uh, there's going to be a lot of Leaf fans on here that don't like me too. That's another team that um, <laughs> really, really just, this, just. Is, is right. this, are we just going to sit here and piss everybody off? Is this what we're going to well, do? That's here? fine. That's the thing. Everybody knows me. I'm going to say, you know, thanks again. Well, well, we did promise straight talking hockey. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so, um, yeah. So anyway, the Bruins, I, I love their team. I love their team. Um, again, like Edmonton, they're a little bit too one-dimensional. That one line, Marshawn, Bergeron, Pasternak, is one of the best lines in hockey. Another thing I hate is how they call it the perfection line. Drives me fucking crazy. I hate that. It's just, it just sounds so – hey, don't get me wrong. They're great. They're not perfect. Far from it, actually. Hmm. So, anyway, um, yes, love the team. Um, they, they got everything. Now, again, uh, going into Tuca – um, he tried to come back this year out of retirement. Um, I thought it was going to work out, but again, I guess he just retired. So he probably had enough and, and to, you know, he has Stanley, uh, Stanley cup, um, great career. Thank God he, he got, uh, that trade out of Toronto. So that helped him. Mm-hmm. Um, if he was there, he wouldn't win fucking nothing. So, um, good thing. Uh, good thing he got out of there. Um, great goalie, great, uh, you know, just a, for everything that I've heard about him, just, uh, a great teammate. So like they said, all those people about his retirement, um, you know, how much of a great teammate he was, great guy. So, uh, and a great goalie. So I, mean, um, I think their downfall, the Bruins right now are that they don't have the goaltending that they, that they really need right now. Um, again, I uh, might eat my words later, but um, you know, they're, they're, they're struggling. Like they have to win seven, one, seven, two, you know what I mean? And then they'll lose five, four or six, Six three, something like that. So, like in any any league in hockey, goaltending first and foremost. You can have the best team in the league and have the worst. Well, I'm not saying the worst goalie per se, but the worst situation that a goalie can get in that that's not for the right for the right team, hmm. and then that um, that just ruins it, right? There's unbelievable goalies that are on teams that they should never be on. So, with that being said. If if they could get a goalie, you know, maybe they'll go for Flurry too. I heard a, a lot of rumors about Flurry, so he's a great, great hockey player. Um, one of those things again that if the goalie goes there and does his job, then it's a great move for the general manager. If he goes there and shits the bed, well, there you go, right? But I've got to ask, sorry, sorry, I, sorry, sorry, I've got to ask. Stop, You keep getting up every two minutes. What am I missing here? <laughs> I'm letting my dog out. So that's my fault. Um, my dog is a, like me, uh, very, very 
you know, needy needs to be in, needs a bone, needs a treat, all that kind of stuff. So, um, so just, you know, like me, I need all this stuff. My wife no, says, says I can't see it, but I'm curious because you keep getting up and then coming back and you don't mess yeah. with me, you just keep going. <laughs> yeah, but I can talk while I, I can multitask. Believe me, <laughs> I might be doing something else under the table here while I'm talking too, Craig. Too so much, Too much. <laughs> anyway, back to the Bruins. <laughs> <laughs> So, so yeah, so uh, long story short, I think they, they needed, they need, they need a, a solid goaltender. Um, again, Tuca came back. It didn't work out. Um, I give him a lot of credit for, for coming back um, and, and trying, but um, you know, it didn't work out. And, and the Boston Bruins, you can never count them out. They're, they're well coached. They got a great uh, management, you know, fan base is unbelievable. They'll be an original six team. You know, you don't really need, you know, to win much. Because look at the Leaf fans; they're they're still Leaf fans, and the Leafs have one shit. So um, that's a good thing about uh, original six. But the Bruins, yeah, I, I I like them. Again, they might need a little bit of extra scoring and definitely de- um, goaltending. So so their their record, um, you know, uh, depicts what they what they lack and what they need. Hmm. I want to ask about um, Tuka's hip injury. Obviously, it's bad enough that he's he's had to call time on his career, but do you think it's we could maybe see him turn up in a lower league somewhere, maybe back in Finland, maybe fancy I, one more crack at it? I, I mean, think, we, know, I, we know how addictive the game can be for these guys. Hey, man, if I if I didn't have such a bad back, I'd be I'd, I'd think I'd try to you know come back and play. But again, your body says when you got to stop, and mine said that uh, a long time ago. So I, I could totally see that. You know, all those guys like Yager, he's still playing in, in his country. He owns the team. I could see Tuka buying a team and you know playing a game here, a game there. Again, if the injury is 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 bad that he can't play in the NHL, then it's definitely something that um, those coming back uh, in. might be done. Right? He he might be done. So I don't know. Um, Again, it's it's how he feels. Maybe in two years he'll want to, you know, come back and, and play, you know, in Finland. Tell you right now, Finland is no joke. That league is is a hell of a league. So um, he'll definitely have to be good to come back and play in that league. Well, we're talking about a country that's just won the, the gold medal in the Olympics. Yes. That, that team, like, uh, just a quick, quick uh, overview. Finland, a, a lot of can- Team Canada, um, the way we are – are training our kids now we're taking a lot from finland right um yes we're taking a lot a lot of the coaches go over there to to learn how they how they they coach and how they train their kids now um i love finland to death but but i think canada is going the wrong way on doing that canada right now um we are going downhill we're not the best we're the best team in the world there's there's nobody that can be team canada because of the skill and the talent we got. But if you go down the line on NHL players, Finland is the country that has the most per, per amount of um, uh, population team. It, it, they, they do it the right way. Now people want like, like team Canada, what team Canada is doing is they're bringing, you know, trying to bring the same, you know, teaching philosophy to, to Canada, but they can't do that. They, what the Finns do well is, they have a ton of ice. They have a whole bunch of uh, rinks. They don't have as much population, so they can train, you know, all the time. Now, what they do is they they work on one thing for the full ice session, which I I love. But you can't spend three hundred fifty dollars on a kid and work on a toe drag with them for three for an hour. Hmm. It's just you, you can't do it. So they're they're doing the right things in Finland, but but they're doing it because we can't do that we we don't have the, the amount of money first of all and the time we don't we, kids have other things they got to do now finland they go to school for four hours a day you know um it's, it's a different world over there so to bring that stuff i say reps are what gets you better the more times you do the same thing you're gonna it's gonna be easier i teach my kids that all the time when you shoot i go through one one drill for half an hour Hundred percent, but that's not wasting three hundred dollars on ice and having twenty kids out there. It's one on one. So um, now again, we're getting off topic, but uh, um, Finland with Tuka um, definitely can see him see him doing that. I, I we'll do another show on um, training kids and and how I feel kids are going to get better. But uh, back to Tuka and the Bruins. Um, definitely, uh, I think Tuka will come back and play in some league or another. 
There we go. Okay, so that was us talking about the Bruins. We're going to take another break and we'll be back and we're going to look back in Jade's time in the Elite League and, well, and we're going to find out about other drivers and how they pissed Jade off. <laughs> Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Galbraith Report. We're getting towards the end of our first episode and we're going to talk about Jade's time in the UK. Jade spent five years over here, three years with the Nottingham Panthers, two years with the team formerly known as the Brayhead clan, they're now called Glasgow clan. Uh, Jade, we've spoke quite a lot about your time over here and you've told me a few eye-opening things, certainly from your, your time here in the UK, but what's the, the best memory you have from your five years in, in this part of the world? Um, you know, I, I probably my first year in Bray had, um, you know, the, the season I had was one of the best seasons I had in my whole career. Um, you know, from, from my line mates to just the guys, like it was it, that, I think that whole year was, was my favorite. You know what I mean? I, I, I won the MVP of the league and the lean score and all that stuff. And, and that was great and everything, but man, I, the, the, the memories we made that season, like we, like, you know me, I partied probably 90% of the days I played hockey, probably. And the other days I was hung over or too tired to party probably. So <laughs> with that being said, um, it was just a fun thing because when, when you're winning, uh, you know, everything's fun. Everything's easy. And we had such a tight team. We'd always go out uh, together, you know, and that, that probably was my favorite thing about um, in hockey was I've won championships before, but that was, that was something different. I don't know why I just, everything, you know, Drew Bannister uh, was our coach and um, I still talk to Drew a lot. Uh, he's like a mentor to me. Um, he's coaching St. Louis farm team, won a Stanley cup with the St. Louis blues, um, has a ring showed me it. it's friggin' awesome. So, um, just to learn from him, I, um, and the things he did, but, but the way he coached was something that I try to do the exact same. Um, he, you know, right off the start, he knew me, he knew that my reputation, he knew everything like that. So he, he just came up to me first day and said, Jade, I don't care what you've done. I don't care what you do. As long as when you come to the rink, you, you, you know, you're there for the guys, you know, um, I know who you are, how you are. That doesn't, I don't care. Everybody's their own guy. And that's how I, you know, uh, take life now is, you know, everybody gets a second chance. Everybody gets to be who they want to be. As long as when a cup push comes to shove, they, you know, they're with way well, in hockey. I mean, they're, they're with the team hundred um, percent. I always uh, talk about Dennis Rodman, how that guy, you know, you, everybody's watched that uh, Michael Jordan documentary. Best documentary I've seen. I haven't. It's on the list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We were talking about that, how you you got to see Watch that, man. It's it all, open your eyes. But a little blurb of it is Dennis Rodman. He he did all that shit, and he was a partier, and everybody hated him and all that shit. But when he came and played, he produced. You know, one of the best rebounders of all time. And Michael Jordan says he's one of the smartest players he ever played with. So that's, you got to take things uh, uh, with the great assault. Like uh, I was a nightmare, but I, when I played uh, barring two years in my whole career where, you know, things kind of got away from me, personal shit. Um, I was over a point a game everywhere I played, every single place. And that wasn't because of anything, but because I was prepared. I, I know hockey and that's, that's, um, that's something that, that got me through, you know, my career. That's why I had a career. I wouldn't have a career uh, being an idiot like I am partying all the time if I got 10 points a season, would I, Craig? Mm -hmm. No team in the world would take my bullshit and take that lack of uh, production. So anyway, um, best season I ever had, by far best moments, all of them for that season. And of course, that time in the UK, you also had that that one appearance in the, the Belfast years that we mentioned in the introductory episode coming up against yeah. the Bruins of all teams. And I think from what you were telling me, it was a wonderful experience on and off the ice. Oh, it's unbelievable. Um, the game, everybody knows the game, but a little story about what happened before. So, um, again, this just shows my mentality of when I played hockey was hockey was second, Jade was first. And you, you, it's it's the stories are funny now. You know, um, so I'm going to tell them and, uh, but just remember that this isn't the way to play hockey. So if anybody's listening, this is definitely not how you want to do your career. I was lucky because I was skilled and I could play hungover and drunk and all that shit. So, um, all the people that are listening, all my, my younger kids, I will never want you to play like, and be like this. Um, I was an idiot. So 
uh, just know that when I say this stuff, it's funny, it's hilarious, the stories are great, and I'm going to tell them all. Uh, but on the other hand, you, you don't want this um, um, as as you're going up in your plane. It's just it's it's not it's not right. And um, that's another thing I want people to know is is I'm not proud of all this stuff, but it is funny. It's funny shit. So that's why we're here to amuse people. And um, I, I want to tell this stuff to get it off my chest as well. So uh, Belfast. Therapy. It's a form of therapy. Yes. So we get into Belfast in the morning and we have a, a pregame skate or whatever after the Bruins are skating. So um, team uh, uh, team manager comes in there. I, I don't know, it might have been Kelman. I, I'm not sure if it was him or not, but Doug, Doug was there. Doug goes, all right. I said Todd Kelman, who used to be the GM at Belfast. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so that's it, yeah. So he comes in, he says, go back to the hotel. Uh, we're meet, we're going to have uh, dinner tonight, whatever, on, on the team, blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, free meal, free drinks, awesome. So we get out to, uh, I don't even remember the restaurant. And we start drinking and having a day. And, and anyway, um, we hit this tiny little shitty pub hole in the wall. Love it. So this place was very, very dodgy. Like people, you walk in there and they are looking at me like, who's this fucking guy? Why, why is he even in here? So anyway, <laughs> I start drinking. I start, you know, talking to people, you know, social butterfly. And um, anyway, um, one of the guys, you know, we start chatting and we get into it and we're, we're loving life. And I'm like, you know, um, where's their fun place to party? You know, I want to go out. I want to, you know, see some girls, all that kind of stuff. And he goes, well, why don't you come back and, you know, party at our place? We're going to go back. We, you know, have some fun. So I'm like, Oh yeah, for sure. You know, I, you know me, I don't care. You know, I, I never thought anything of it. So we get in the car, we're listening to some music, having a good time. A buddy uh, off the team was there. I'm not going to say who it was. I don't want to, I'm not that kind of guy. So um, anyway, we're driving and the guy turns the music off, pulls over to the side. And he's like, he looks at me dead straight faced and he goes, never should you come to this area without me. Never, ever in your whole life. I don't care if you think it's safe or not. It's not safe. Do not ever come in this area without me. So I looked at him, you know, and I'm kind of smiling and he, he's like dead serious. Don't smile. And, and kind of, kind of scared me a bit. And I, I don't know anything about what was going on in Belfast, anything of any sorts. So we get in there, we get back and, and we walk into this place and I swear to God, this place was, it was party, but the music turned off as soon as I walked in. And, and the other guy turned off everybody staring at us. So we were, I was kind of scared. Like I, I, you know, I'm not scared of anything really, but that put, put tighten my asshole up a bit. So um, the, the guy that took us in, I'm not going to say his name either. Just, uh, walked over to this guy and, and talked for a second. And, and then next thing you know, the guys greeted me with open arms. They're like, oh, okay, come in here, blah, blah, blah. Music went off and we partied. So anyway, it, it turns into about five, five, six in the morning where we're, uh, I'm, pretty pretty gone so uh, i look at the watch and we look at each other and we're like oh shit should we get some sleep before pregame skate um for the game right because when you play pregame skate it's usually either 10 or 11 so uh, we were first so it was 10 so anyway uh we get into a black cab so if anybody knows about uh belfast black cab tours will take you through uh, ira territory kind of thing and it's um it's pretty eye-opening so Anyway, I, I'm still, I'm an idiot. I still don't understand fully. I just thought these guys might've been like some gangsters or whatever, anything like that. So um, anyway, um, long story short, I'm positive that these guys were guys that you, you don't want to fuck with. I don't know if they were IRA or anything like that, but I'll tell you right now, um, it scared me. Now, now that I think of it and I think of the, um, all the stuff that goes on there, um, like, I don't know, remember if you know, remember, uh, you know, I got, I got marbles in my mouth. I don't know if you remember one of our games got canceled because there was a bomb threat at, um, the Odyssey. Do you remember that? I don't actually know. Uh, take a look. I don't remember day it was, but anyway, we were in the hotel and, um, we got a call, Corey. I think I was in, in, um, in Nottingham at the time. Yeah. Yeah. And there was a threat, uh, that week. And they were thinking of um, canceling the game. So, well, anyway, for people that don't know, um, the English and, and the Irish are, are still, you know, battling about about that stuff. So I don't know anything about it. I don't want to talk about it. But a uh, little funny story that um, you know, I don't know if they were or not, but um, the fact that they they 
didn't do anything and they partied with me and, and the time I had was still one of the best times I ever had. But anyway, I get back to the hotel room and needless to say, we had a, yeah, we had a breakfast at seven in the morning. So uh tea breakfast. So I had to go down to the hotel down there and everybody knew that I was just hung to the gills or still drunk. So played against the Boston wow. Bruins. And, um, the thing is, is, you know, I scored and, and that's great. And I, you know, I played pretty good. That's, that was me. You know, I think about how I thought about hockey second and, um, you know, it worked out, but again, I don't recommend it. It's a hard life guys. It's a really hard life, but, um, yeah. So the game went awesome. I scored, we were winning. Um, but yeah, of course, uh, you guys know the final score five, one, they, they, they woke up and they they played to the caliber that they are and, and you we pissed them off. That's what you did. You scored and pissed them yeah. off. <laughs> yeah, it was it was pretty amazing. Uh, you know, I <laughs> beat him pretty good, pretty easily, barred in. So looked like he didn't even move. And that's my story, right? I'm gonna there we go. I'm gonna always say that uh, I ripped it past him and he didn't have a chance. But um, <laughs> again, uh, scoring goals wasn't my, wasn't the hard part. It was. Uh, trying not to drink before a game that was the hardest thing about hockey <laughs> so anyway um yeah that was that was it um and you know the rest is history Craig. well i'm having a quick look nobody sent any questions into us sadly um, for this episode but that's fine this is only the first one so we're not gonna oh there we go somebody's asking why you didn't end up joining dundee in the eihl scott gibson on twitter and asking that question I was going to say oh, for another episode, but Scott's brought it up, so fuck it. I've yeah, asked well, the first question. I um, I'm not going to bullshit you. I had problems with um, with my visa. Um, again, I, I like anything that I did back then um, during hockey. I, I put hockey aside, so I just took my time. I didn't. I filled it out wrong. It came back. I had to do it again. I think I did it three times. So um, you know, it just was one of those things that. Um, you know, probably worked out for the best. I um, I might have got there and just didn't give a shit. So that um, that was one of the things, the reasons why I didn't go. It wasn't because I didn't want to. It was just because I was lazy and, you know, I just um, – that wasn't a priority in my life at the time. So, so um, the question. Me, yeah, I mean, let me put something to you. And I've asked you this before privately, and I'm going to ask you on the record now so you can clear it up once and for all. There was a rumor going around that there was a conviction against your driving conviction, maybe something, some kind of criminal record. Was there anything like that involved as to why you didn't go to Dundee? No, no. I um, I was pulled over and had to breathalyze, but um, that was one time in my whole career. So um, no, it wasn't a conviction. Never, never got convicted. Never even went to jail. Um, never, never got a DUI. Never anything like that. And I'm being honest here. Um, probably sometimes I should have. <laughs> I'll tell you right now, but on the other hand, no, I, I, that was not the reason why it's just the visa stuff. You know, if anybody knows, uh, when you try to get a visa in the UK, you have to answer like 800 questions. Right. And some of them are so vague and, and I probably answered like 50 of them wrong. It's in some way or another, just because I tried to hammer through them really quick. Um, actually when I was in Nottingham, I had to do it twice too because some of the questions were wrong and, and then you got to call somebody like and, and go over it. So it's a big process. It's tough, tough to get in there. So um, like I told you before, it's not, it was never a conviction, anything like that. Yeah. Um, it was just one of those things. Cause I, cause that year I went to, to, um, to, to, um, to um, Holland. Oh yeah. So if I, if I had a conviction in, in Europe, there's no way I could have gone there either. Right. Yeah. So um, again, they do a background check as well. So it was nothing like that. So, it was just, um, you know, just an idiot, not filling it out wrong. And, and then, you know, by the time um, I was going on to my third one, um, Hutch, Hutch, God bless him. He was as patient as he could be. Just said, Jeff Hutchins, right. Jeff Hutchins was a Dundee coach at the time. Yeah. Yeah, he just said, you know, uh, we'll just part ways. You know, it's just it just doesn't seem like things are going to work. And and um, I, I, you know, I give him a lot of props for even sticking staying that long with me. So, Hutch, if you're listening, if you ever listen, uh, sorry about that, buddy. That was totally my fault. And um, you know, one of those things that I wish I could take back, like a lot of the things. But you know, you live in the past. Uh, that shit stays with you. So. So indeed that Jake Galbraith was deadly with a hockey stick and absolutely shit with a pen. So there, <laughs> so there we go. Right, before we start to wrap things up, driving with Jade, and it seems to be a regular thing with you. You've told me a few stories. So what's pissed you off this week about driving? 
Well, yeah, like uh, like all my friends know, I, I'm an angry driver, very angry. My wife puts on her her earbuds um, when I'm in a bad mood or, or it looks like I'm going to blow a top just because she can't handle it because I just go crazy. So um, I was driving home from the rink the other day, and this was like 7 o'clock, right? So um, what I hate about people that walk are um, that they look at their phones when they're walking, which drives me fucking crazy. So I'm, I'm at a stop sign and I let this guy go. So the guy's walking, he's looking at his phone, he's got his earbuds in, total um, hipster fucking guy with a huge man bun, just a total loser. Anyway, uh, he stops uh, so you, in the uh, middle so of the... Galbraith about men with man buns, by the way, each to their yeah, own choice, that's all I'm saying. If you're growing your hair, just let it go down. All right, you don't have to put it up into a bun, please. I am all about long hair, I don't care, but don't put it up into a bun. All right. So anyway, this guy's walking and he stops to text in the middle of the road. He's walking and he fucking stops and he's texting. So as soon as he starts texting, stop. And I lay on the horn as hard as I fucking can. The whole time he's walking, I lay on the horn and he looks at me and I roll down the window. I'm like, you can't fucking wait to get across and text. You know, your time's not better than my time. And he gives me a fuck you. and I gave him a fuck you. And and that goes on like that. So I know it wasn't a driving, uh, a bad car driving story because um, those happen to me all the time. So I, I just wanted to let people know that whenever you're walking, I don't care if you're on your phone, don't fucking stop in the middle of the intersection and, and fucking text somebody. You can wait the two seconds to get past. And if you, if I'm there, I'm going to let you hear about it. Um, I, I, I kind of want to hit you. If you do that, I really do kind of want to hit you, but um, I won't. But again, uh, if you catch me on the wrong day, you know, something might happen. So if you do, if you're in Calgary and you, you see, a, uh, uh, well, you probably don't know what I look like, but if you see somebody honking their horn like hard, that might be me. So just just don't do it. Be a, be a human and, and don't wait wait and text your dog walker that you'll be there in a minute. Um, because again, uh, I just, I don't have the time for you. So um, that's the one story today and we'll end it off like that again. Driving with Jade, you're going to hear a lot of funny stories, a lot of things. But all the stories you hear, please don't fucking do them. You know, I, I, I've cut people off and shit like that, and I don't want to get cut off, but there's so much stupid shit that's going on. So anyway, that's Driving with Jade. Well, this is the final part of the Galbraith Report. Hope you've enjoyed listening so far. Jade, we're, we've come to the end of the show. There was so much we had lined up, and we've had to kind of curtail it for now. Have you enjoyed it? Absolutely. Like I thought I was going to just talk about, uh, well, if anybody knows me, I could, I talk forever. Um, you get me on atomic, uh, to- atomic, a topic, uh, and I will go, <laughs> I will go. Atomic. <laughs> everybody knows me. I, I'm not a uh, great grammar. I don't have great grammar. I'm, I'm actually, I can't spell worse shit. Uh, but that's why I have a wife who is very very smart except for for mary and me i guess that's probably her downfall but other than that she's very very bright so um if i put anything out there on paper that i have to write it'll be good it'll be well done because she'll she'll uh, pretty much do it for me so um again uh lots of stuff um please uh message us about questions again i want to know what you guys want to want to know about me uh for people that don't know me ask me anything you know, uh, barring my sexual preferences, I will answer anything. And even that maybe, you know, might, might uh, be a segment as well at some point, but, um, yeah. Anyway, anyway, I'm not doing um, that one. I'm not doing that one. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, um, I'm glad you guys are all here. Hopefully you like it and, uh, we can, can continue to do this, but, uh, again, Definitely. thanks for today and, and we'll keep this train rolling, buddy. Absolutely. Well, if you want to get in touch with us, we're on Twitter at Galbraith Report. Same as on Instagram as well at Galbraith Report. Anything you want to ask Jade about his career, his views on what's happening in the NHL, just please get in touch. It'd be nice to hear from you. It'd be good to, to hear. I'm quite sure there's a few of Jade's old pals out there who'd like to ask him a, a little question or two to make him squirm. That would be cool. I'd quite like that. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> in the meantime, subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify. We're on Google Podcast now as well. That came up a little bit earlier today. Your 
preferred podcast provider. If there, if there isn't one, if it's not on your preferred podcast provider, drop us a line and we'll get it on there um, as soon as we, we humanly can because we want to get as many out there as possible and get more and more people involved. But in the meantime, thank you so much for listening to us. We hope you've enjoyed um, what we've had to say. Primarily, Jade, I've just, I've just sat here and played on my phone and scratched my bum a few times. So um, it's, it's all him. But we've, we've promised you straight talking hockey. Hopefully we've given you a flavour of that. Jade, any last words before we, we sign off? Um, just uh, have a great weekend um, and we'll see you guys next week or listen to you guys next week or uh, you will listen Jesus you will listen to me next week thanks we again go. for everybody go. family friends that are supporting us here and uh, hopefully you like it last one before we go Jade mentioned that the kids that he coaches listen we do apologise to his parents for some of the bad language we better get that out there and, and cover ourselves I don't want to get you into trouble. (laughs) Yeah, I told uh, the parents of the younger kids that they can't listen to this. The kids that are 16, you know, they hear it it at school, believe me. We were all kids at that age. But anybody that's younger than that, uh, I apologize. Um, Please don't think anything different of me. This is just what I was like before. Definitely not the same guy. So, um, again, parents, sorry, but, you know, that's what what I want to talk about. So, you know. Cool. Right, well, that's it. We'll be back next week on the Galbraith Report. Have a good one. Bye for now. Sports Social Podcast Network.